you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Around the NFL Podcast. Doesn't think Caddyshack is funny. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Irish. Be the love the underdogs on top. And I'm going to shine on me until my heart stops. Go ahead and be me. They said it couldn't be done. They doubted us. They called us chumps. But in the end, the shield, yes, the shield of all teams, have won the softball championship of the city of Los Angeles C-plus division. Yes, that's actually the name of the division, which tells you a lot. Shocking the world, or at least West L.A., with uh, back-to-back victories on Thursday night to claim the title. Uh, a lot of champions. Actually, we're all champions now. Wes, your takeaways, you you battled through the hamstring wisely, and I thought showed great leadership, took yourself out of the lineup, said, I, I can't go, I'm holding the team back. So you had a great perspective on everything that unfolded on what was truly a special night in Los Angeles. Well, the first takeaway is just the absolute unbridled glee that had the whole team and the fans. I mean, it was just so fun, and – Everybody was wearing these huge smiles the rest of the night. I mean, we always celebrate well whether we win or lose, and the <laughs> celebration went well into the night. And then I think to two reasons why we won, our defense was tight, really tight. Irish played awesome at third. Tremendous. Tony Garcia, I've been playing softball since 1992. He's the best shortstop I've ever seen. Mm. Our defense was tight, and the base running, base running, we ran the bases like demons, and that forces the other team into a lot of errors when you do that. And Greg Rosenthal. Yeah. You were in the stands. You saw it all. You had a great view for the finals uh, matchup. I did. And did, did you sense like a wave building of, of glory? Well, I sort of – you had to play two games in one night against two teams that had barely lost all year, right? Their right. records Combined were – Combined three losses all year. Nearly spotless. I showed up after the first game. The, the energy was fantastic, and I will always remember where I was when Dre, Andrea Cazada – uh, down down in the, the news right field. made the play 
one of the top five or six sports moments of the decade as far as I'm concerned. Any play, wow. the play of the game, running in from right field with the bases loaded uh, late late in the game, that was it. Save the lead and the it's game. exciting. An incredible shoestring catch. And uh, as a manager, I, I inscribed the game balls. I gave uh, Dre a one, and I just wrote simply on the ball, the catch. And that's how for, history will remember it. For sheer difference-making magnitude, it, it Magnitude. It's hard to come up with a situation that would matter more in a game. Bases loaded, the best hitter in the league up to bat, sinking liner, and she comes in and catches it. They would have. I think they'd have scored ten runs that inning, and instead they get zero. It just, and it just, there are NFL parallels. You look at a team like the Ravens a few years ago, the Giants. We weren't the best team, but we got hot at the right time and we peaked, and we are now champions. And and thank you to everyone on Twitter that was excited uh, of, by the news. Uh, one guy tweeted at me that he actually pulled over on the side of the road <laughs> to check to see how things <laughs> turned out. Um, you know, all the great video that was taken. Everybody seen You're getting really dumped it. with the ice after the game. I got a Gatorade bath. Two things I never thought I, that would happen, and it really <laughs> bothered me a little bit how much the game meant to me, winning meant to me, uh, until, again, Tony, who plays shortstop, who actually played professional ball. I think he made it to double A. In um, baseball, he said it was one of his greatest wins of his lifetime as well because we just we turned a team that had no business even going 500 into a champion. Uh, anyway, but not to mention the Irishman with a big night too. He was outstanding all season. I think one of the big differences in the season from our turnaround was Irish in the leadoff spot. I think he went. I'm not even. This isn't even hyperbole. I think he went 19 for 20 over the last month. Scored, and probably scored 19 runs too. Did a great job hitting, running the bases. But above all, I thought on, on Thursday night, fielding the position beautifully, and it was fitting that the last play of the game was a hot shot right at third. Brandon fields the ball, steps on third, throws over to the old Zeuser, and the title was ours. The thing I love about this team, it would be – our mistake was not documenting it on film from the start and making a hard knocks version of this club because when you guys began back on, what, Cinco de Mayo, this was a beer-soaked – uh, you know, gaggles oh, of soap. incompetence. <laughs> but but the players that had had no business even being at the plate started to make big plays. And in that last game downstairs, Brassy of all people had a big hit. Right? Brassy had never seen a softball in her life three months ago, and came up with a double that really was one of the huge hits of the night. And you know, we we can get into this down the road. There, you know, there's some talks that need to be had. You know, remember after the Mets won the World Series in '86, Dwight Gooden who was battling some personal demons, did not show up for the victory parade. Mm. I think it should at least be stated that Mark Sessler nowhere to be seen on Championship Thursday. The front office There were some questions look, about look. where our front office leader was. He said there was some type of illness at home. That's the same thing Dwight Gooden said when he missed the parade that he was sick. Uh, there are questions. That's all. I like being compared to like a mid '80s drug addled Dwight Gooden, but <laughs> I mean, I had two children and a wife that were all ill. It was a serious disappointment to be uh, a that they were not feeling well. That was the primary disappointment. But b to miss this event <laughs> was it was crushing, and I followed it on Twitter jealously because I wanted to be there, but I couldn't have been happier for you guys. It's amazing what you did. People were asking about you all through the night. You were missed, Miss B. Um, so we are the champions. No doubt about it. Can't take it away. Try us. Great show today, guys. Coming up, um, the type of the show that you look at the the budget and you think to yourself, "Whoa, you know, we're blessed to be able to talk about football for a living. I'm blessed to be able to do it with people I I view as friends." Uh, Pre-show grade C plus. 
<laughs> All right. So what? now a lot of news to get to. Suspensions. Uh, people being reinstated from suspension. Surgery. Season-ending injuries. Um, uh, all sorts of stuff to touch on in the news. Uh, and then we will also talk about Greg wrote a banger about potential camp cuts. Uh, these are veteran names, guys that have been impact players in the NFL who now have to worry about this summer whether they'll even have a job come September. So this that's a signature Rosenthal piece. He loves talking about people who could lose their jobs. <laughs> yeah. You make it sound so evil. Signature boss emeritus. Okay, yeah, football's back. Everyone's excited. Hey, guys, might not be back for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but before that, we do that, we go behind the glass uh, to, yes, the man that helped carry the shield down the stretch, the Irishman. Uh, any final thoughts about the team from you, Irish? I just uh, wanted to say thank you for uh, bringing me onto the team because it is honestly my favorite team that I've ever been on. Mm. It really was. It was, uh, it was our pleasure and an honor, sir. I appreciate it. Let's do some news. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. That was Mark. I wasn't listening. I'm okay. sorry. What? <laughs> I don't know who it was. Uh, Greg, I know you. Well, yeah, it's Kevin Garnett after uh, the Celtics won the title. Absolutely. I would have 2008, oh. I believe. One of the best post-game uh, press interviews uh, ever done. Yeah, sure. Tainted title a little bit. It bought a team. But um, <laughs> All right, here we go. We'll start with the Pittsburgh Steelers who – may be and appear to be without their star running back for the first four games of the season. Le'Veon Bell facing a four-game ban for missing, quote, several drug tests, according to NFL media insider Ian Rappaport. This came down on Friday. The case is still under review, and uh, Le'Veon Bell came out uh, with a, a posting on social media on Monday saying, um, I will win this appeal, something along those lines. Uh, don't count me out for those first four games. So he must feel that... Uh, he has some type of case to beat the suspension. But as things stand, Le'Veon Bell will miss the first four games of the season, which is more bad news for uh, a Steelers team, Mark Sessler, already without Martavis Bryant uh, because of a substance abuse issue-related uh, suspension. And now no Lev Bell. This is a killer. Yeah, I mean, if you if this suspension for Bell sticks, you're missing him and Bryant for a combined 20 games. They lost Big Ben and Le'Veon Bell for 15 starts last year. And I guess for me, it's just that what kind of offense would this be this year if both of those guys were on the field for the full season? Potentially up in the realm of record-breaking type passing game, at least. And you're losing a huge pass catcher along with a running back in Le'Veon Bell. You're taking an offense that would average 30 points a game, and it's now going to be about 22 or 23 points a game. They're going to score a touchdown less per week. But we've seen this. We've seen this offense. And they weren't a bad offense without Le'Veon Bell last year. Now, they did have Martavis Bryant, but Can they— Can you really count on a 33-year-old D'Angelo Williams to play the same way he did at 32 years old? No, not necessarily. And not he did at 31 years old? But you have a better chance of it happening for four games and then knowing that he's going to go back to being a backup. The Steelers, unlike most NFL teams these days, just give the ball to their starter. When Bell's in the lineup, it's not like D'Angelo Williams is sharing carries with him. He's going to get the ball five times a game. So can Williams— have a good month after what he showed last season. I I could see it. It's not a bad offensive line. Certainly not run blocking on paper. If good you look, line. if you look at the splits uh, for Ben Roethlisberger, 
where his numbers really dropped off and where the offense really dropped off is when Martavis Bryant wasn't in the lineup. They were able to survive with D'Angelo Williams. Now, will they be able to do that this year? Wes makes a good point. These guys get old, and then they go downhill. They don't really have a good backup plan. But it's just four games. I mean, it's, it's a long time in the NFL, but he'll be back in October, and, and maybe even his, his body will be better for a guy coming back from a serious knee injury. Or, you know, last year he appealed a three-game right. suspension. It went to two, and when you're – as confident as he sounds to be, like you said, there may be some inside info. If it sticks, it's against the Redskins, Bengals, Eagles, and Chiefs. But maybe not, not surprising if it gets turned to two games, not four. Right. And it, the response, by the way, is interesting. It wasn't like he made a statement. He was replying to someone on his private Instagram account, just replying to a mm-hmm. comment. But you're right. But that's ter- one and the same in today's culture. I guess so. But it did show a lot of confidence. There was no ifs or buts about it. It was just saying, I'm not going to miss those games. How about ands? I only like the ifs or buts. Uh, not conventional there by the boss. Uh, moving on, more suspension talk, and this is some good news uh, for uh, Mark Sessler fans, and Mark Sessler, I would think, as well. But Probably if you're a Mark Sessler fan, it doesn't make you a Browns fan necessarily. Yeah, I don't think that. How about just Browns fans? Yeah, let's start there. Okay. People that would be a Mark Sessler fan, they better be Browns fans, because if you're not rooting for the Browns, you're rooting for your, your guy's misery. Or just the status quo. Josh Gordon's coming back, guys. Uh, the wide receiver, the former all-pro wide receiver who's been missing for a year, uh, dealing with his own substance abuse uh, issues, uh, has been reinstated on what was called a conditional basis, the NFL announced on Monday. Gordon will have to serve a four-game sus- suspension before he can play again for the Browns, but he will be allowed to participate in training camp and meetings. And I saw some buzzing and people upset. You know, why does Tom Brady have to disappear t- entirely from the world during his suspension, but Josh Gordon uh, can train? That's part of the substance abuse policy. They want these guys to be in the mix and be on the grid. So Gordon is coming back week five against the Patriots. Same same game that Tom Brady gets back, so that will be fun to watch if, of course, Mark uh, he can keep his head on straight from now until then, which is no given. Yeah, my immediate reaction was I don't really feel that much more confident that he'll be on the field week five than any other announcement they can make. We don't know if Gordon can you know, stay out of the mix uh, in terms of a, a, a botched test between now and then. If he does, I mean, it helps a team that absolutely needs to find every playmaker they can. You know, when he came back in 2014 – he did not know Kyle Shanahan's offense, and he kind of threw that team off to some degree, and he was not a huge help in the locker room either. I think he went, finished that year suspended by the team. I think they sat him for a game. So it's about learning, right. getting with the program, uh, and you know, showing that he can. If he comes back and he's the guy he is, suddenly Corey Coleman, the rookie, is not forced to deal with number one cornerbacks. He's going to deal with your second best cornerback, which would be a help for him as well. Well, this is where being inside the building helps immeasurably, not just during camp, but during the first month of the season. You would think he's going to get up to speed on the offense and get back. But this is a guy who has not played a lot of football in the last three years at all. So I think it's fair to wonder if he's going to be the same guy. I think it's fair to wonder, could they trade him? Is that that crazy? Could they get anything for him? It's not crazy. I mean, I don't think they could get anything for him, so that's probably the biggest problem. But if they were able to get something for him, I I would imagine they would be open to that. You know what's weird is a logical, potential logical landing spot would be New England. Always. Any trade of a major mm. player always goes through the Patriots. Well, Michael Lomb- 
Barty had some time with him. I don't know if that would matter. Not that he's actually he's not in New England anymore. It also got me thinking the Browns have got some players here. I mean, I, they didn't need to find the quarterback, but Duke Johnson, Corey Coleman, Josh Gordon, and you have Andrew Hawkins as your slot, and you have Gary Barnage as your tight end. That's that's a pretty, pretty good skill. Well, right not too shabby. It's not what bad. Greg is speaking of, I got an IM from Greg when this news broke, and he yes. Should I want me to read it to you? Share it, yeah. Uh, I know you didn't want me to share it, but I'm, I have to. Greg, he basically uh, here's what's what this is all. This is all nonsense. Greg's said, hey, what's rambling to his. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, you can <laughs> you read it for that. yourself, Greg. He said, "Hey, what's up, dude?" <laughs> Don't tell anybody else, okay, but I'm overtly worried about New England's chances against the Browns in week five. Josh Gordon is back. He's talented, and he's very saucy on the field. I feel anxiety inside my body over that October 9th date with Cleveland, a game taking place in Cleveland, by the way. So much I'm nervous and on edge, but don't tell anybody, please. Okay, thanks. Yours, Greg. You kind of So formal for us. a message. A little bit of a betrayal of trust there. Well, I needed it. it's it. You know, we want to get inside Greg's head and where he's at with it. Also, one you, phrase not in Greg Rosenthal's vocabulary. What's up, dude? <laughs> well, that's how Greg and I have that thing going on. Though we this can is, talk that way. This is interesting because uh, Sessler just laid out a uh, a I am conversation with Greg. Also, threw the Irishman under the bus with a tweet at the commissioner of the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Because Irishman was working on some uh, drop things downstairs. At least that tweet Games had a of measure of truth to it. Unlike this. Well, he showed up. The show started. I have a, a hard out in 67 minutes. And uh, <laughs> the show has started 30 minutes late. And I complained to Brandon about it uh, directly. And he said, take your complaints to the top. The, so I did. Irish. There's nothing wrong or infactual about that. That was absolutely correct. Um, I do. Greg, do you want to share a little bit about the new Mark now that he's not under your thumb? Well, I I have nothing to share in particular. What do you? Oh, what your do you theory mean? that he's oh. exerting his his power at this point with oh yeah boss it, in charge. Yeah, he believe he believes the kids can just run the asylum. The inmates are running the asylum. I think it's now. called do leadership. It's, it's stepping up, whatever being a leader wants. and a team player. I was uh, I always felt like Mark and I had a good relationship, and now today I feel like he's treating me like he used to treat TD, and ooh, I'm afraid of ooh. where we're gonna go. No, I'm just holding you accountable, which is something you should want. <laughs> um, what a leader. Uh, by the way, the Browns drafted – he had 14 draft picks in May, if you recall. Five wide receivers in the first five rounds. So, you know, the roster space is precious. How many wide receivers are going to make this team? Are you going to cut some of these guys that were drafted twelve in those mid-rounds? No, you keep 12 guys. Very good. Don't feel the defensive line. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Big, big, big injury news. J.J. Watt. The uh, all-world uh, defensive lineman for the Houston Texans uh, underwent surgery to repair a herniated disc on Wednesday. Rap Sheet reported uh, he will open the camp on the pup list. The team is hoping he'll be ready for the start of the regular season uh, and that the recovery time of eight weeks is a best-case scenario. And you do the math, and I don't like to do math, Greg. You know, I got a 39 on a state-mandated math test. But if you look at the weeks, we're, all, we're already, where are we right now? June 25th, we're taping this. Eight weeks, surgery was last Wednesday. It's right around week one, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's right. And there's heavy, there's serious doubt now whether he's going to be ready for the season op- opener. As the news broke later that night, the timetable got more realistic. Mike Garofolo, our new uh, NFL insider, you know, 
put that timetable on that really doubted whether Watt could be back week one. And why would they rush it? This, this Back is a, injury, please. This is a guy who in the last, what is it, eight months has broken his hand, right? Yes. Had a sports hernia surgery, groin surgery in the offseason, which is not an easy one to recover from, and now had a back surgery. I, this He has not faced a lot of obstacles in his career as an individual. Certainly they have as a team. But as an individual, he's just been dominant from day one. This is by far the the toughest offseason and the most he's ever had to overcome. Even if he is back by week one or week two, there's no guarantee that coming off a of back surgery, he's going to be the same dominant force right off the bat. It's the only thing, really, that stands between J.J. Watt being an all-time player and being a guy that was kind of a comet is if his body betrays him. And we don't. maybe there's not enough to show us to have real concern, but a back injury is not something you, you mess around with. Uh, Clayton Kershaw in baseball is the same way right now, another all-time talent that you wonder if the back is something that's going to cost him being a legendary-type player. So, you know... J.J. Watt, I would not rush him back. I would give him if – if he needs eight weeks, I would give him ten and, and make sure this exactly. thing doesn't flare up again because then you could risk losing him the whole season. Yep. One sneaky thing in the, in the Texans' favor is their schedule. They don't have a lot of division games up front. Uh, if he does miss extended time, they have, their last four weeks are all against the AFC South. And their, fir- their first month, other than a, a Thursday night game in New England, which, by the Easy. way, could be missing Tom Brady and J.J. Watt – yeah, it's about it's a pretty good schedule. Home for three games: Bears, Chiefs, and Titans. You got You just got to be safe with JJ Watt. He miss. He means so much to that team. Do you get you guys excited for the inevitable, uh, ponderous JJ Watt? I'm on my way back. Workout videos. <laughs> They're coming. They're coming. To be fair, by the way, he's never missed a game in his career, so it's not like injury. He's always been able to like fight to through. Fair here. I'm just saying he's always been able to fight through injuries. It's not been a, a problem for him in his career before now. Why doubt J.J. Watt? Yeah. Uh, moving on, Greg Hardy, the former star pass rusher who is now kind of floating in the NFL ether after his domestic violence incident and then a you know a troubled stint with the Dallas Cowboys. He met with the Jacksonville Jaguars last week. He worked out for the team, in fact, on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, Rand Getlin of NFL uh, Network reported. Uh, but despite these workouts, no signing is in- imminent, according to Rap Sheet. Uh, and at this point, Greg, um, if the Jaguars aren't going to sign him, who is? I think the Jaguars will if they have an injury. They made that clear that they're they, they didn't make it clear it'll definitely happen, but he's someone that they'd consider. The report suggested they asked players about potentially signing Hardy as as far back as March and April. And I think if things don't work out with their pass rushers or Fowler gets hurt again, it, it seems like they would sign him. Right? Maybe week two, not where it's not guaranteed. I mean, this isn't exactly what their general manager said, but basically we're willing to sell our soul for Greg Hardy. <laughs> but he said, look, we know what he's done. It's bad. It's reprehensible. But we're about winning right now. And I, I don't. it's short-sighted to me. I don't think you can take a guy who has shown no remorse or contrition and bring him into a locker room. Well, to- wouldn't you say that if they actually signed him? Thinking, Are they really I'm, selling their soul? Well, to wasn't work this out? wasn't the fact that we even know about this is also to take the temperature and people's reaction to see if people are as glued to this as they as they should. I think Wes said it right. I mean, you're if you do this as an organization, you're saying something about yourself. I mm. I'm disappointed in even the, even having him in the visit. I think it sends a rotten message. There's a I mean, I'm not defending Greg Hardy on any level, but there's a lot of bad guys playing football. I mean, a lot of bad guys who have 
owned up to their mistakes. I think that's not a small thing. That's a very big thing. And I would say if you sign if you sign this guy, uh, Greg Hardy, in July, you got to deal with the PR fallout all through the quiet time of the NFL calendar, all through training camp. It probably it would make more sense if you were trying to avoid that type of heat. Yeah, bring him in in the middle of the season. If he's not signed yet, you probably avoid some of that backlash that you would get if you did it during the offseason. Well, plus you nailed it. The, the contract after week one is a completely different situation. You, uh, you want to think about a team that doesn't care about negative media opinion? It's the Dallas Cowboys. And the Dallas Cowboys could not wait for Greg Hardy to leave, not because everyone criticized them and they took a PR hit, but because he was a pain in the ass. They didn't like having him there. He was a good player on the field. He made a big difference per play in terms of his uh, effectiveness last year. And yet Jerry Jones, of all people, who is very uh, lenient in terms of his players' behavior, as long as they care about football and they're not a cancer in the locker room, could not wait for that guy to leave. Uh, more troubled NFL star talk. This one, Raiders uh, pass rusher Alden Smith, who is uh, currently suspended. The NFL is reportedly looking into a video posted uh, on Periscope by what some people believe and many people believe is Alden Smith, um, that shows uh, a man that may be Alden Smith smoking a joint, uh, getting some grief from a woman off camera uh, who is saying you shouldn't even be doing that. And then this person, who again many people believe to be Alden Smith, and the evidence is there because it's a, an account that he created, a sub account. Other postings on this account um, show his face, and it's Alden Smith, and it sounds like the same guy in the video that we're talking about here. Um, and he's holding a joint, and he's smoking it, and this is the last thing Alden Smith should ever be doing. And it, it's got to be up there in one of the stupidest things I've ever seen a player do, a guy that's really his career is at the crossroads very much still. And I even cut a little, or I asked Brandon to cut a little bit of the audio because it also includes one of the dumbest uh, errors in judgment oh, in it's, the history yeah. of humanity at the very end. Please listen. Oh, this is a f- weed job? Oh, weed job. You're stupid. You're, you're tripping. They don't know it's me. It's not like I put Alden Smith. I mean, talk about bad editing. You got to edit that. That's the final two seconds or three seconds of the video. You've got to take that out. By the way, have you ever heard of voice oh. recognition? I mean, all they have to do is listen to any other video clip of Alden it's, Smith and make your own decision. It's not like I'm saying, hey, it's me, Alden Smith. As he, <laughs> he says, hey, it's me, Alden Smith. On a Periscope account that has probably 15 first-person videos right. of Alden Smith talking into the camera about his goings-on. Right, and right before that, the, the transcript that CSNBayArea.com did was, is the woman saying, you shouldn't even be posted that. And he says, expletive, do you see my face? And then they get to the part about the <laughs> name. Like, what, what I mean, a God is, bless that woman. What a genius. Sometimes you're like, oh, I ho- maybe he doesn't have the right people around him. Not, I don't know anything about this woman. <laughs> or, or, again, evidence that it's definitely him. But, like, she's saying to him, you shouldn't do this uh, because you cannot be doing this because of your history and how much trouble you can get into. He's like, ah, no, nah, I don't care. You can't see me. We see you, Alden Smith. I mean, it's, what is on. the upside of the video either? Like, what is he hoping to get? get it's called, it was his, quote, fire up session. <laughs> I mean, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Listen, when you got to post your fire up session, you got to post it. <sighs> oh, boy. Anyway, retirement talk. <laughs> 
I mean, we're not going to see Alden Smith for a while. This, this has to yeah, I mean, to be, manifest yeah, he, itself. Well, early November if everything goes or, perfectly, but he's – who knows? I mean, right. He's supposed to be coming back midseason, and this well, – we'll see. This and whatever – he's got all this time in front of him, too. If you were if you were guessing, you would have to guess something will happen or this will be enough that he won't be well, playing for these Raiders. And Wes said it, too. The one thing about the suspensions is it does seem like Goodell, if the player has the right attitude and shows growth, that affects the – timetable to get back on the field, and this is just pure idiocy. I mean, uh, fire we, obsession. We all yeah. believe that the NFL's marijuana rules are antiquated. Yes. But this guy has well-documented substance abuse issues. He shouldn't be – I mean, it goes without saying that this is going to come back on him. All right, re- retirement talk. Greg Jennings, the former Packers wide receiver uh, that had his best years in Green Bay, later played uh, in Minnesota uh, to lesser impact, has decided to retire. He announced his retirement on YouTube, um, and he uh, leaves the game as a guy that, you know, never the most talented wide receiver, but was a guy who was in the right place for sure, uh, somebody that caught touchdown passes from both Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers in his prime. And it, it is – I always looked at him as, as here's a word of warning uh, because when he still had years left in the tank when he was about 29 years old hitting free agency and he thought the Packers were disrespecting him, he went to Minnesota and became irrelevant. And then his career was over shortly thereafter. Take less money. Stay with the star quarterback. Get those numbers. You'll get more money in the long run. Greg Jennings didn't take that path, but that's another conversation. Super Bowl champion, a Pro Bowl guy, career over after 10 seasons, Greg. Not to mention, don't talk trash about your quarterback and his leadership skills on your way out the door and burn a bridge where, where he would be a hero in Green Bay. Who knows? Maybe he could have gotten a ring on or maybe not in Green Bay. But either, either way, he's he's – He's a guy who's an enemy now in Green Bay. When well, Aaron Rodgers has a good like sense of humor, and like he doesn't take things, <laughs> doesn't take slights too seriously. So right, he should be beloved because this is a guy who, in the playoffs, when they won, first of all, he caught an amazing amount of big time touchdowns. He had that overtime touchdown against the Broncos from Brett Favre. He had Brett Favre's record tying and record breaking touchdowns when he passed Dan Marino. And he had a monster playoff run when they won the Super Bowl, including a couple scores in the Super Bowl. But I remember being at the game and that third and 10 play uh, with just under six minutes remaining after the Steelers were coming on like gangbusters. It looked like the Packers are going to give the ball back, only up three, and just a precision, unbelievable throw by Aaron Rodgers in that situation. But it also took a nice catch uh, from Greg Jennings uh, over the arts, outstretched hands of Ike Taylor, our Ike Taylor. Uh, and that just, I mean, he's he put up plays like that that I'm sure Packers fans are going to remember forever. For a half decade from 2007 to 2011, he was one of the five most productive wide receivers in the NFL. Mm. I'd take that career. Sure, why not? And he's rich. He saw him on Ballers, I believe. I was watching some old episodes of Ballers. He terrible really started show. Terrible the, show, though. It's got its moments. He started the trend of Ted Thompson hitting on guys from random colleges at wide receivers. Second round Second, pick from Western yep. Michigan. What are you laughing about, Ballers? <laughs> no, we'll talk no, about it after the show. <laughs> Uh, Take it offline. In other retirement news, uh, three-time Pro Bowl defensive end Darnell Dockett is also retiring after 10 years, a career uh, 40 and a half sacks, a a shared record for the most QB takedowns at a Super Bowl. That's a good tribute. I'm going to bank that for when we bring back Win West's toaster, if we bring back Win West's toaster. Uh, Well, Wes is here right now. He just heard the answer. (laughs) 
<laughs> He'll forget. <laughs> He'll forget. It's also not his toaster at this point. It's Shaq's toaster. That's fair. Uh, but anyway, Darnell Dockett, who uh, later went to the 49ers, um, his career is over after 10 years. A colorful guy, one of the most colorful uh, Twitter accounts out there. But also, Wes, uh, he was a good player in his day. The Cardinals franchise has been around longer than any in the NFL. They started in 1920 as the Chicago Cardinals, and he is on their all-time team as a defensive end. Hmm. Seventh in sacks, French for the franchise. Absolutely. And he, he was a fun guy on Twitter. I think that's how people remember him now. Well, unless you're A.J. McCarron. <laughs> Uh, that's right. He he did have an obsession with uh, AJ McCarron's now wife. Uh, or if you're, yeah, just sm- throwing that out there. If you're a little person, and maybe you're a f- fan of Dockett. I, I don't know. Fan. If you're a little person, uh, he has a well-documented adoration of little people. Oh, but fu- I was going to get to the point. I was going to get to the point. Fun player to watch. He he was one where you never got cheated on his effort. He was always going a hundred miles an hour. Uh, injury news, Junior Gallette, who uh, missed all of last season, uh, all of his first season with wa- the Washington Redskins with a torn Achilles. He's going to miss all of his second season with the Washington Redskins. He tore his Achilles again. This time, his right Achilles, it co- he tore his left last season. So this is, feels like forever ago, but Gallette was uh, signed to a major contract in New Orleans uh, after some really big seasons. Uh, with them, that ended really terribly with a lot of he said, she said. He was getting the fresh start in Washington, but uh, now at age 28, he'll be 29 next March, coming off double Achilles ruptures. Uh, you have to wonder if Junior Gallette is going to get back on the field. I wonder how the Redskins are going to rush the passer. It's a big loss for them. They, they're not a good they front. Got Ryan Kerrigan and Preston Smith showed pretty well as a rookie last year. That's a it's a solid outside linebacker duo. That's basically what they call Kerrigan at at this point. And Gallette would have been part of that. But uh, other than that, the the defensive line I think has questions, and don't, overall the defense I think has a lot of questions. Don't sleep on Chris Baker. He had a great year last year. I'll throw out a pass rusher. Yeah, Greg Hardy. No, you cannot replace Junior Gallette with Greg Hardy. That is just asking the karma, the karma gods. I remember Chris Wesseling having a memorable rant against uh, Junior Gallette for his own off-field activity. I don't remember him be, having podcast. showing much contrition either. No, he, he's they're two peas in a pod. The only thing that the Redskins got away with here is they didn't really give him any, almost any money in either of these years. Well, it looked like it could have been a steal. It was, was it? close to the veteran minimum for for the two seasons, so it it wasn't a huge setback for them. But they were expecting him to play a lot of snaps. It is. Uh, it's just another reminder. We we're at that time of year where well, we can do all our little off season, what well, roster resetting and where we are. Then then players' bodies start exploding and every the whole the whole map changes. I mean, we're at exploding. that point. Well, we're gonna. I guarantee, within three weeks, we'll have four One massive injuries. Oh, <laughs> four massive injuries that change four teams. You know, instantly. I don't. I don't necessarily doubt there will be injuries. Well, I know, we know you, that. That's like, a big thing, if there was yeah. an NFL season with no injuries, that would be absolutely stunning. <laughs> <laughs> I just the idea of one a player actually blowing up. Well, the knee blows the up. I mean, this guy. Yeah. I don't, we don't ever know what these athletes are going through. You have to uh, to rehab. And two different Achilles and two two. That's a bad two year deal for any person. I don't you, think that'd be fun. Do you think the NFL would end if someone exploded on the field? <laughs> would they either have to end the game or turn it to like two hand touch? I think they treat it like nine eleven. Like take a week off, then we get back into. You're making a lot of money in football. 
Oh, so you think like after the person exploded, it'd be like, wait, can we be funny anymore? They would get really, you know, people have about a two-week attention span for tops for even the biggest issues. So they'd skip a week, it would look good, and they'd get right back to action. Feel free. What the hell's going on out here? I was going to say, feel free to say whatever you want because all of this is going to be edited out. Uh, no, it's all staying in. Uh, moving on, sad news in the NFL on Friday. Dennis Green, the former Vikings and later Cardinals coach, passed away Thursday night uh, from complications uh, related to a cardiac arrest. According to his family, he was 67 years old. And, uh, Wes, you are our resident football historian. Um, I remember uh, Green as a guy that lorded over many very good Viking te- teams, including the 98 team that just missed getting over the hump. Uh, Gary Anderson's missed field goal, of course, in the NFC title game. Uh, what was Dennis Green uh, in terms of football history? Where does he fit in? I think he's a really good longtime coach, and as an Afri- African-American, he had a huge impact on bringing other guys into the league and kind of opening the door for uh, for guys like Mike Tomlin and Tony Dungy. So I think that's his greatest impact. But that 98 Vikings team, they're one missed kick to being away from being remembered as one of the greatest teams in history. And it's the Super Bowl that, you know, if you were a fan back then, I'll never forget where I was in that game, and it was just a crazy game. It's the Super Bowl matchup that we so badly wanted that we'll never see. And this guy, Dennis Green, he came out of Bill Walsh's West Coast. He was a West Coast offense guy, worked with Randall Cunningham, Dante Culpepper, Kurt Warner, Warren Moon, Chris Carter, Randy Moss, Emmett Smith, Edge James, Larry Fitzgerald, and Anquan Bolden. I mean, there's no end of the list of guys that he impacted. He made Jeff George look good for a year in Minnesota. That was the thing. He was Randy one of those. Randy Moss made Jeff George look good. <laughs> well, what about Re- what he did with Randall Cunningham? Yeah, that's that's. I think you have to give Dennis Green some credit for for each year they'd have a different player there, whether it was Cunningham or George, and eventually Culpepper ended up having the greatest. Uh, non-MVP season probably in the history of football when he lost it to to Peyton Manning. And you have to give Dennis Green a lot of credit for keeping the offense at that high a level year after year after year. Is he the sneaky, under-the-radar, all-time QB whisperer? Mm. I think he's very much in that conversation because the guys we talk about now, he was doing it before all those guys. But he does. His his legacy does get boiled down to that 98 team. And yeah. Of course, his rant, his podium rant with the Cardinals. But, yeah, as Wes alluded to and as, as Mark and Greg said, uh, much more to um, Dennis Green than just those two aspects. Uh, dead at the age of 67. And that's what's happening in the news. Not the offseason anymore. That's a lot of news. It is not the offseason anymore. And uh, listen, I know it made Wes and Greg very uncomfortable when we talked about the exploding player. <laughs> I don't think it's, there's nothing comfortable about those type of conversations, but it's it's important, especially in these times, to communicate. We have to be willing to converse about those things. By the way, we got our MVP coins. Really? Uh, talk about celebrations. I didn't even know that. Oh, Wes. Wes is holding his right Are you now. taking yours home with you, Wes? Gorgeous. Uh, and... You know, I gave I gave the Shield some not our softball team, the NFL a little bit of heat that you win an MVP and you get a five dollar gift certificate with your coin. Well, they they proved me wrong. It was ten dollars. I think. Well, were your complaints the engine behind this doubling the the prize? I don't know. Cash? I can't be I can't be sure. I can get that coffee I always wanted. Never had. I've never had a cup of coffee in my life. By the way, have a Starbucks machine in our break room. So <laughs> I don't uh, think. Here's my theory. By the way. To answer that question, do I think that me saying that got the extra five bucks? No. 
because I had on I could say this with pretty good sense of confidence that no one from 345 Park Avenue has ever listened to this podcast. <laughs> Well, I think you're right. From Roger on down. I remember when you had a beef with the parking people in our building, and you went public with that on Twitter, and the results were nothing. There were no results, so I don't think you complaining has gotten you much. Well, that was right there, a gauntlet being thrown down, that if those listeners in 345 Park are are out there, they should you know come let yeah. us know. Come at us. I used to work there, Dan. I, I, I was uh, yes, in 345 famously. Park for a year. I've tweeted the here. commissioner. I, I have no response famous. from this guy. How about get back to me on Twitter, commissioner? I don't think it's going to happen. Well, I mean, why would you not? Why would you not get into a conversation with one of your own employees? A very hardworking. Employee? Got a pretty important job that he's. Doing I'm going to say. Just I'm saying. Going to take this a little bit further. So nobody in 345. Anyone with an assigned parking spot at this company? No one has listened to the show. Henry. Besides Henry. There's some shit. There's a couple shit. I mean, it might be good for us that that's the the reality. Might be the reason we're still going. Yeah, I think that's part of it. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should just shut up. Yes. Let's talk about potential camp cuts. <laughs> okay. A banger from Greg Rosenthal. And I like the way you do this. You know, sometimes, Greg, because I, on, I speak honestly with you and candidly about uh, your page layout sometimes and your headlines. <laughs> I think you did a nice job uh, breaking this down into tiered sections. So you have big-name veterans – Wessel, think it's really funny who's number one on that list. <laughs> Not uh, a surprise to me. Uh, first round picks running out of chances, which I like that, Saucy. And then free agency deals gone wrong, like that. And then running backs on the edge. Now nah, we're getting a little chunky here. <laughs> running backs on the edge. And finally, the last six-pack, which is your your edition of Odds and Ends. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, we're working with a great editing team as well, so sometimes they, they have a say in these. Miss Typhon and one of the subheads. They, can, uh, Oof. they Oof. can add in the last one. So anyway, so let's start with that first category, um, big-name veterans. This is the stuff that really gets people juiced. Uh, I'll do it real quick. One through six, Victor Cruz. That That's what for Wes. Uh, Arian Foster now with the Dolphins. C.J. Spiller with the Saints. Jairus Bird, Jairus Bird. Jairus Bird of the Saints. Devin Hester <laughs> of the Falcons. <laughs> so ridiculous. Still good. Nick Foles of the Rams at, uh, at six. So uh, do you put this in order, Greg, of who no, is most likely? Who of this group, Greg, we'll start out that way, is most likely to get the axe in your mind? Ooh, that's a good way to put it. Well, Foles, because yeah, Foles. Foles is – Almost a fait accompli. Okay. I almost didn't put him on the list because it's so obvious. But he was a guy that uh, got a six million dollar roster bonus this year and a twenty seven million dollar contract only a year ago. So I do Whoops. think I do think he's notable because a team like the Broncos or the Forty ers could trade for him. Devin Hester would be the next one. But how about let's let's talk about the bigger names. I would say Bird out of those others because if he does not get healthy, even though financially Ooh. it does not help them. Jairus Byard. Jairus yes. Bayard. <laughs> it costs more money to to get rid of him than it does to keep him. If he's not healthy again, I think at some point you just got to give up. They got a lot of safeties there. They have Von Bell. They have Roman Harper back. Uh, they have Kenny Vaccaro, of course. They can get by with can it. Can I be straight honest with you right now? Yeah, please. If you would have told me Devin Hester was 47 and has been out of the league for three years, <laughs> I would have been like, yeah, that, that, that right. kind of checks out. Yeah. He was good in his first season in Atlanta. Yeah, played wide receiver and was a good returner. I believe he made the Pro Bowl 
Uh, yeah, he. It's it's surprising that he's still on the, 33 years on old. that roster. The the first three names were a little bolder, which were Spiller, Foster, and Cruz. Foster's the contract tells you that he's going to have to play for that role, but he might have the highest of those these three names uh, risk reward, or at least the highest upside. I would think if he somehow. Listen, and Wes, you pointed out when we talked about the signing, he wasn't looking too good before he got hurt. So maybe it's really you're asking a lot. But they desperately need another guy in there with Ajay. I think that he could have a big pay payoff, but I don't know if it's going to happen. Victor Cruz, I mean, we'll we'll do the analysis once he actually plays a football game. You know what? I <laughs> re- realized writing this piece that either I missed or totally forgot. The, the Giants guaranteed his entire salary when they gave him a pay cut this year. So that would make him less likely to get cut. And it got me thinking, how, how many organizations would have done that? When they talk about that the Giants are, you know, the, you know, you get annoyed, Dan, that the Giants often call the classy organization. Mm-hmm. You know, they get a lot of credit in your – this would be a case of that. This is a case of a team decided to just guarantee him money as a show of faith. I don't think a lot of teams would have done something like that. By the way, how many – this is just a bit of a, a Sessler here – Fantasy owners who are going to show their friends how smart they are and take Sterling Shepard in the fifth round and then going to be upset when he has 31 catches. <laughs> well, why did you play fantasy to begin with? Why oh. Why are you predicting doom for Sterling Shepard? I'm just saying this is – first of all, Mark, what is your problem with fantasy? Honestly, I'm How much curious. time do we have? We were, we're running out of time. Yeah, give me give me a brief. I don't – I just think for me personally, I, and I'm, it's great for everyone else, I am covering football all day long yes. every day. And I don't need an added layer of football that isn't real that I have to deal with. I've got enough. Re- I'm dealing with reality. I have a theory. Staring it right in the face. I have a theory. Okay. Mark is a bit of a joy kill in the newsroom. You don't like when people are too excited and like watching games. I don't think that's a fair and categorization. A big point. A big thing. We've been, Mark, you and I have been in the newsroom forever now. This will be our sixth or seventh season. Um That adds a whole other level to people being plugged in and, and celebrating you don't like people. Yeah, I will. I will tell you in thirty seconds. The last time I really, truly ran a fantasy team was three seasons ago. My wife was on one with a bunch of coworkers that she didn't really know from other companies, and they were. She was getting killed every year. She's a mom. She doesn't have time for this stuff. I took over the team, and on the draft, I saw people. It was all guys ripping on her during the draft, and I secretly drafted this devastating squad, <laughs> and I took this league down. We won the championship, <laughs> and I said, "I'm never playing again." That's how you go out. Well, you've been in a league with me for five straight years. I am simply my name is attached. Wait, to if it. you're this, I'm like, simply my name is attached. I've never even known if, who's on our roster. If you're so against it, what are your feelings during our fantasy week here? And are you relinquishing your role? For I the told fantasy you, outsider, because then that name no, would be available. That opens <laughs> up no, no, no. I will do the segment, <laughs> but I told you it's largely a series of shows where I just take my foot off the pedal, <laughs> like the second half of the season. There. <laughs> the fa- yeah, there is. That's a fair question by Greg. Does that open up that name? Does it lift the copyright? <laughs> no, because I be will do no cider. I will do that part of the show, which is a very small part uh, professionally. Um, no, West, answer your question. Maybe I'll put it kind of in totally different players and all that. Cordell Patterson is a guy that comes to mind. There's always the guy, the buzzy spring summer guy that people get super pumped about, and then. People reach, buy into that, and then he does not live up to the hype. They just for for some reason that name jumps out to me. The fact that he's a giant Sterling Shepherd mm. sounds busty. <laughs> a different kind. It's very of scientific analysis. He, like that. <laughs> he is the type of guy that tends to do well 
when there's no tackling. A, a, he's a Victor Cruz clone. You expect him to do well in the offseason. That said, he has a great opportunity. I got, he's got there. great hands and great Shipping cutting this. ability and what a route tree, blah, blah. I'm talk, sure. about someone sure all great. talk about someone who appears world-weary with football. No, I love it. I'm just – this is just a, sometimes an instinct. The, sometimes the summer darling pays off, though. Just yeah. look at this list. The guy at number two, I remember when Arian Foster was a summer darling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of your darlings. Well, we'll see. He was one of my darlings. Number three on this list, C.J. Spiller. It would be a shame if C.J. Spiller in New Orleans does not work out. Cause uh, that, because we spent, like, probably 70 or 80 posts oh, describing summer how darlings. great that was going to be. I know. Yeah, I still – I'm not giving up on him. He's on this list because right now he is behind Tim Hightower, who finished the season off very well last year. And if you're the number three running back, you can't be making $4.5 million. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a good camp, good preseason, and he makes a team and plays well. The first-round picks running out of chances section, DJ Hayden, D. Milner – uh, Matt Elam, Barkevius Mingo, Justin Gilbert. So you got two two Browns on this list. Mark, which one of those Browns is more likely to get the axe? I think Gilbert. I that's a toss up. Honestly, they they both have been very disappointing. But the Browns, uh, you know, they they know that Mingo can out get out there and play games. I think Gilbert has been so detached mentally that he has a lot to prove. Uh, the old their defensive coordinator was with Mingo in the, in the past too, so he knows who Mingo is. As Greg pointed out in his post here, a lot of puff pieces around Justin Gilbert. No, so. that is a shot at one piece that I wrote, I believe. No, uh, it's not. <laughs> You're thinking personally. No, no, they no. Were, I mean, I I was just reporting I what the talk- comments were. I didn't. I'm not, I didn't even know that. I'm talking about That's the a, you local. You didn't even link to it. So I'm it's talking obvious. about the local Browns writers. You didn't and even it's, link to and it. And it's not their fault. It's Hugh Jackson right. who's puffing them up. But there were many. I did. I was excited though. If nothing else. Research for this piece uncovered this article, uh, which I missed when it first was <laughs> posted back in April. Quote, bodybuilding granny helps Browns' Mingo get jacked by Mark Sessler. <laughs> well, that's, that's well, how did I miss this? I don't know. You know, it was out there for you to find. But, I mean, the one thing about Mingo that we always – noticed that he could not gain weight. They tried to get him to get bigger. He's too lean, and he put on like 20-something pounds working out with this like 65-year-old, uh, you know, former to some degree female bodybuilder, and he had to do homework with her grandchildren and eat all the food she made, and he got jacked. So you're, But you're basically banking on the old bag letting him down. <laughs> I, I am not. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if either one of these players are not on the roster in week one. <laughs> A lot of puff pieces around Dean Milner also, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I'm not buying into it, but people are, oh, maybe he'll slide in and he'll give Buster Screen, uh, you know, a fight for the number two spot. At the very, at the best case scenario, he's a, a nickel guy that sees some work. But he, is Milner uh, as disappointing as Justin Gilbert? Yeah, yes, in a lot of ways he is because not only uh, has was he a, a big miss on a top ten pick, he was also drafted the year or a week after. Revis was traded. And so he, did he call himself the best? He would be the best cornerback in football. Yeah, but these guys do that stuff no, all know, the time. I how mean, about put it, a clamp on? It's more the fact that not only did you lose Revis, <laughs> you brought in a total bust, so it was like a double killer for yeah. the team. But you know they're not asking a lot of them. I'm fine with that. That was a rough draft. Now that I'm or rough couple drafts Just. in the secondary. Elam at safety. DJ Hayden, which was Reggie McKenzie's first ever draft pick. In Oakland, he's very boomer bust. Bounced that back nicely. Those cornerbacks. Uh, free agency deals gone gone wrong. Arthur Jones of the Colts. Whoa. Alteron Werner of the Bucks. Ahmad Brooks of the Niners. Um, Wes, which one of those guys uh, are going to not only not get cut, 
but bounce back and be a real difference maker in 2016. <laughs> I don't think any of them are, but I have a soft spot for Arthur Jones because he once got me three sandwiches from you guys. <laughs> First How did he do board, that? We well, did uh, go get my lunch free agent version, and the mine was Arthur Jones will sign with the Colts. You guys get the oh, other that's 31 right. teams. And by the way, that's coming up later next month. The big one. This is that's you know we do the go get my lunch uh, clown every uh, you know every quarter of the football season. It breaks down to, but the biggest one is the regular season predictions, uh, and that will be coming up next month. So stay tuned to that as well as the fantasy extravaganza with Wes Gregg and fantasy football outsider Mark Sessler. Uh, yeah. One nugget on Alteron Werner. Don't forget that he uh, made a big – one of the big reasons he went to Tampa Bay was he thought that Tampa Bay had a fascinating cultural scene. <laughs> oh, yeah, but part right. of enjoying the cultural scene in Tampa Bay is producing for the Bucks. I think – Let's get it done. It was even better because I think he was choosing between the Giants right. from New York – uh, and uh, the Bucks of Tampa. And I mean, said, slow I gotta down. go with the cultural center of the universe, Tampa. Uh, running backs on the edge. Just you know, it's, it starts to get a little beefy here. Uh, uh, <laughs> Rice list when we get to. What here, do you mean? What does that even mean? Beefy. Know, it just gets a little chunky. Uh, running backs on the edge: Legarrette Blunt, Ronnie Hillman, Bishop Sankey, Trey Mason, and Andre Williams. That had, that had to hurt to have a couple of your darlings oh, on this list. Bishop Sankey. Who, which of the – well, Bishop that's your boy. Sankey was your boy. But, you know, he's – Trey Mason's part of the most exciting backfield in the NFL, according to you. I got, well, he was excited. He's had too much excitement off the field, and that's that's his biggest problem so far. I guess I say chunky because, like, is there a world where Trey Mason and Andre Williams deserve blurbs? I don't know. I guess there is. I mean, I'd yeah. go with informative. People want to know. People want to know information. It's a football site. It makes sense. Yeah, they they like it. I would want to know. Trey Mason was a very promising rookie. Uh, his dad was a member of one of the greatest uh, rap groups ever. <laughs> he should be featured. You're dispensing information. Nuggets. Andre Williams, he was a summer darling last year, if I recall. A couple, really? year, couple, couple years, years ago. ago. He, well, he was like the, their goal line back a couple years ago. Well, I he, think we figured out he can't do anything but run in a straight to line. To me, he feels like... You know, they didn't do anything to the coaching staff except remove Tom Coughlin. They didn't really do much to this running back group, even though it's very underwhelming. But now they'll probably remove Tom Coughlin's boy from B.C., Andre Williams. And uh, this is straight from uh, the boss's copy, LeGarrette Blunt. The Patriots annually release a big veteran name or three. It's kind of what they do. You people see come and keep an eye on Blount or Blunt who wasn't re-signed to the team until April and wasn't healthy, healthy this offseason. That makes sense to me. Finally, the last six-pack. Sounds like a horror movie for an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wes. That was a banger. <laughs> Wes came in on his off days ready to go home, but he had one last bullet in the chamber. <laughs> it's, it sounds like Sessler on a Sunday once he's had his six days off. All right. <laughs> this is a public show, Greg. People are listening. Bryce Petty. And oh, let's stop right there. Bryce Petty, by the way, you just didn't want to put Geno Smith on this list because he's your boy. You don't like to kill your babies. There is a chance what? Geno Smith gets cut uh, if and when Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick gets signed by the Jets. He should at because least he's be a malcontent. This. You know who my source is for Geno Smith not getting cut? How about the New York Jets? Because when they send out a tweet yesterday, Sunday, seven Sundays away, hashtag jet up. Let's get ready for the season. Who does the tweet have? A big photo of oh, Geno the Smith, number their starting quarterback. That's just some millennial running their social media account. It's well, a, that's not inside information. Uh, Wes's theory is great. 
The other theory is that this is another bargaining tactic. Hey, Fitz, check out oh, the, uh, right. check out our Twitter. We moving on, boy. Right. So, you know, let's it's calm basically, down It's just a mirror on – that tweet is just a mirror on a team that is in total chaos well, at here's the quarterback the thing. position if, right now. Even if Ryan Fitzpatrick signs, Geno Smith is by far the second best quarterback on that team. It's not that close, and he doesn't cost that much money. Why would they be cutting their second best quarterback? They're going to want to back up another option. Well, or if they're Ryan a team that only wants two quarterbacks. I mean, Bryce Petty is a logical chopping block Subject matter person. He he's the key to it. Uh, so I get why he's there. Like, but we need to know how much the the uh, organization believes that Petty can be developed. You know, if you cut ties with uh, Bryce Petty, you are giving up on a fourth round pick last year that never took a snap. Well, you went out and drafted Christian Hackenberg. I think that's pretty damning for Bryce Petty. Well, plus he could go. He could make it through to the practice squad. Maybe no one will claim him. He's a fourth round pick. I'm, I'm sure there's been lots of fourth round picks cut from that draft already. It's They don't make headline news because they're not quarterbacks, but it happens. Right. So we'll see. Greg the Legs Erline uh, also on your list. As Where are you is, getting that one? Uh, well, he's been he struggled. He had like a 65 percent uh, conversion rate last year, so that kind of makes sense. Charles Johnson, that is uh, oh come Sessler's on. boy. That uh, is in absurd, Minnesota, Greg. a very Feels bad like wide a shot at Mark. That, yeah, I take it as a shot. So why why is Charles Johnson <laughs> deserved to be on the team after what we saw last year, Mark? Well, no, he did not. We, first of all, every once in a while you do a making the leap piece, and the player almost takes it personally and underperforms to stick it at you, and that's what Charles Johnson did. <laughs> And I, you know, listen, you the famous been, Gerhard incident of two thousand. That's right. Check out this line under Charles Johnson: "Learning special teams as an NFL player is like learning computer science in 1994." Not even sure what that is. It's a banger from Greg. I think Greg is not in the wrong here. I mean, he's he 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 disappointed last season. They drafted Laquan Treadwell in the first round. You've got Stephon Diggs. I mean, he's not a one or two guy there. Well, right now he is, but my like for Based this for this very moment, he's ahead of Treadwell because he's a veteran. Well, but that yeah, is for if he mere weeks. The, if he loses the starting job, how is Charles Johnson not a special teams player? By the way, you got you got to you got to get good at special teams unless you're a, unless you're a star. I was annoyed. If you lose your job, it'll be off the team. Well, that, that could be great though because I was annoyed that the Vikings snatched when Norv Turner went to Minnesota, snatched Charles Johnson off the Browns. As the Browns have done with the Packers, but now you get Josh Gordon back. If the Vikings go forward with, with Greg's advice and cut, you get Charles advice. Johnson Not back. That, it, none of this is my advice. No, it it's a preview like of training camp with some players to watch. Get the get those 2013 Browns. Get the band back together. You know, go six and ten. Have a good year. Uh, Justin Hunter on this list. I can't. I can't fathom a scenario where we talk about this guy. But does anybody have anything to say about Justin Hunter? Very, these guys had a making the leap piece about him, where they had sort of a he said, he said. Oh yeah. Greg and I disagreed violently on Justin Hunter. Who was right? I was. <laughs> I said he can't catch a pass if anybody breathes on him. Yeah, well, <laughs> I came up with something to say here. They they have an interesting slot. They have the one toolsy guy who drives them absolutely crazy at a time. It was once Kenny Britt. He was replaced by Justin Hunter, who has now been replaced by Doriel Green-Beckham. So that means Hunter's gone. That's an excellent analysis, <laughs> boss. Uh, Aaron Dobson, who had a nice rookie season oh. with the Pats uh, a few years back. Uh, he's been the target of, quote, too many incomplete deep throws. Uh, you know, don't look at the aging quarterback there. And then finally, Marcus Hunt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the guy who almost won the MVP. Let's blame it on him. <laughs> Not a deep ball expert at this stage. Marcus Hunt, uh, a hard knock star from Estonia with a killer uh, Drago impression. Uh, always was big and strong. And quick, but has never, never put it all together. And Greg says, hey, 
That might mean the end of the road for you, buddy. Back to Estonia you go. Well, I hope I'm wrong with that one. He was a likable he was a likable guy. I'm looking at my uh, Twitter feed here, and the, your article just got a like from Honey Badger. But I think you're going to get some angry tweets from other players seeing their name on this list. You've kind of gone right at them. Or just not even anger, just hurt. Hurt. I mean, you're, telling me, you're telling me that my career could be over, basically. You're advising teams on what to do. Yeah. I'm not doing any of those <laughs> That's things. That's what Mark said. Hey, you're a fan of the football. With great You interested power. in well, getting a preview of uh, cuts? Greg, there is, a, might there be is available. A, That's fine. You're saying from a very cold robot, robotic angle there, but there is a human element to what you've done. Yeah, Greg just hides behind his keyboard. The first, the first thing of Cruz is saying how much, how much everyone likes him. Everyone's rooting for Victor Cruz, but sometimes the facts, you know, the rubber meets the road. Uh, so you could read all of this at uh, NFL.com uh, slash bubble bangers. <laughs> that's not. That's not. Type it. that. See where where that takes you. <laughs> I don't think. But make that, sure you don't do it at work. I don't think it has a special one, but you can go slash Rosenthal if you want. Oh yeah, NFL.com slash Rosenthal uh, to see not just that, but all of Greg's work. Now that he stepped away from the managerial role to focus on his writing and performing in front of a camera, we'll now be able to use that that URL as a guide. Is he actually? Yeah, I mean, sort of a fireball at this point. We, we, should, we should change it to NFL.com slash Greg's Bangers. Instead of Rosenthal. I like that. All right. <clears throat> That's it for Monday's show. We will be back um, on Wednesday uh, with uh, another show and then another show on Thursday after that. So, yeah, we're back. Just like all the players are back and the teams are back and preparing for a new season, as are we. So, with that, congratulations once again to the 2016 LAC Plus City Champion, The Shield. Uh, and until Wednesday, this is Dan Hansis signing off for The Quiet Storm, The Mailman. I love sharing a team with you, Wes. It's been a great season. Queen does not mind this song being played in relation to this. <laughs> no, no, no. And, of course, the boss emeritus and the Irishman behind the glass. What a stud the Irishman was. Until Wednesday. Mark, you want to join us? You want to join the podcast? <laughs> hey, uh, Mark, uh, we got a podcast going uh, here. Uh, McFly. Uh, uh, hello? You know, we got 90 more minutes to solve this problem and get the show done. <laughs> 90 more minutes. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug All needed. Right, let's go. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. <laughs> 
You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.